Before we get to our guest, I want to talk about our NOAA subscription. CD Media is not just a local news company. We're not just a military company. We're not even just a national company. CDM is a global news organization that has reporters from the Middle East to Eastern Europe to the Balkans to Asia to Latin America to the United States. Put us in your daily scan and get the news, tip of the spear news from around the world. I know that people don't like ads, however. They don't like pop-up ads on their phone. They don't like to see ads on the websites. But you know what? We have to make money. Seriously, we have to support ourselves, and that's one of the ways we do it. However, if you don't like ads, you can sign up for our no-ad subscription. And guess what? You get access to our dozen newspapers around the world, our dozen news organizations, and you get access to all this quality, high-quality content. So, so give us a few bucks, sign up for your no-ad subscription, and you'll get access to all of the sites with a block on the ads, and you'll be very happy. And now let's get to our guest. Hi, everybody. I'm Christine Dolan, and this is American Conversations. And today we have a very special guest, She Van Fleet, who uh, was born in China, came to the United States. Uh, you were six years of age when you came, escaped China under no, communist no. rule? No, um, 26. 26. Oh, I had that bad. All right. Mm -hmm. So uh, she, I, I, this is important for people to understand for, from somebody who has lived under communism, lived, you know, experienced Mao, the cultural revolution. And what I want to ask you is that you first surfaced in June um, of 2020 at the Loudoun County. 2021. 2021. Okay, I've got my I've got my numbers wrong today. Right. <laughs> okay. June 2021, um, mm -hmm. in Loudoun County before the school board, and you mm -hmm. told the school board at that point in time that you know the indoctrination of the children is just like what you experienced when you had lived in China growing up. Explain to the audience, you know, what you what you said because recently you've been invited to speak to a college, a Catholic college out in the state of Washington. And then the school council had to approve it and they, they didn't want you to come in. But what you have to say is important and people need to hear it. So tell yeah. the audience, you know, what your what your message is about what's happening in America is what you experience as a child in China. Yeah, that's oh, a long story. I, 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 I'll, I'll try my best. OK, uh, so I um, grew up in China. And uh, I experienced the entire cultural revolution, which lasted for 10 years from 1966 to 1976 when Mao died. And I was uh, uh, in my second semester of my first grade when the cultural revolution started. After I so-called graduated, I really did not know anything in my 10 years of education. After I graduated in 1975, and there was nothing for uh, young people like me in the city. So what we, uh, what we uh, had to do is uh, go to the countryside to continue our re-education from the peasants. And that's what I did. I worked in the field alongside with peasants under primitive condition for three years until um, Deng Xiaoping got into power and he was a reformer and he opened up universities and through examination, I was able to go to college and study um, English. And later, I was given a job. You, 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 you don't just go and get your own job. You were given. So I was given a job to teach in a teacher's training college where we started in the early 1980s, start to have American teachers 
come to teach during the summer. And uh, one, I made friends with one uh, very, very nice lady and, uh, and she helped me um, to get assistantship and I come to America in 1986. That's the uh, short story of, uh, so I absolutely know exactly what indoctrination was because I was one of those kids that being indoctrinated. And I witnessed the chaos, the red guards, the cancel culture, the division, the violence, the chaos, everything. So when explain, I- saw explain, explain to, to people before we get into the parallel and comparisons mm -hmm. of what you're noticing here in the United States. Mm -hmm. Tell us firsthand what it was like as a child going, growing up, because I have you know, interviewed people. I've been to China and I have interviewed people who grew up in that era. And they, there seems to be a, a, a theme that's pretty consistent is that people of that era didn't know the difference. That was no. all they seemed to know. Is that, yes. Was that your experience? That's absolutely. That's the case. Why? Because uh, there was a total total control of information. There is a total control of uh, what you should think, how you should speak. And as a little kid, we did not know any better. We were uh, fed whatever the party's narrative. And uh, I just posted the song uh, that I, I grew up singing and the generations of Chinese grew up singing it and it's still song in in China today on Twitter and people have a very good response and people were shocked that that's kind of thing we were taught. And the, uh, the, the lyric is something like, uh, um, uh, the party is our real parents and Chairman Mao was our real parents. We were just part of the uh, socialist machine. We were not, uh, we were the property of the party and we believed that. Yeah, that's why during the Cultural Revolution and uh, the parents afraid of the kids because anything they say at home, if the kids think it is uh, um, incorrect and what they were taught in school, um, they can report the parents. And there's uh, many parents as a result was uh, arrested. Some were even executed. That's, and, right. that's right. That's what people don't understand what happened yeah. under Mao. The, 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 yeah. the, the, the children, weapons. They, they they didn't know though. They didn't know if they they were just told that they must if there was a disagreement to what they were learning at school that it could result in their parents being taken away from the family, incarcerated, yeah. or killed. That's the uh, power of indoctrination. And uh, how do you know right from wrong? You have to have uh, information. You have to see different uh, um, opinions, uh, different perspectives, where all that was taken away from you. And the only thing you know was what they told you. And I have no idea what America was like. Have no idea because I had no information. And we're, we were told that it was an evil country and uh, the rich were so rich, the poor, which was the majority of the American people, they were suffering and they had not enough to eat. And we believe it. What else can you do, right? You, you don't know anything. And our books, uh, during the Cultural Revolution, all books were banned, meaning books that were published before Cultural Revolution were banned. And uh, after Cultural Revolution, the schools closed for two years, just like the COVID here, you know, mm -hmm. and it, with no school for two years. And uh, when we finally went back, the Mao said, 
carry on the cultural evolution in the classroom. So back we go to the classroom and uh, uh, there's no textbooks all bad because we're not good enough. So we had mouse little red book and uh, it's just a little mm -hmm. book of mouse quotation. We had that for a year. That's our textbook. That's everything we did. So, we, so what was, so explain, explain to the audience what it was like as a child. What was your daily, I mean, what was, how did you interact with your parents? How did you interact with, with your extended family? What was it like to go to school? Um, okay, in China, so my parents, they were, they joined the revolution uh, when they were young. They were the progressive youth. So later, they, uh, they, uh, and they uh, were sent to uh, a different region. And because the uh, the uh, transportation and, and the travel was really not uh, common, it's very a luxury to go to another uh, province. I we were totally cut off from my uh, extended family, which is in another province. And I did not know until I found out in total shock that my grandmother was a landowner. That means the enemy of the state. And uh, so the first time when I get to see her, I was like, what an evil old lady. And uh, because we were taught anyone who were the uh, um, landed class, people with property, they were bad. They were evil. They are enemy. <laughs> What was the justification for saying that they were evil? That is uh, what people don't see here. That is the big division, the class division that the CCP brought to Chinese. Class as a, as a concept was alien to the Chinese. So in order to divide the country, in order to control them, you have to, you have to categorize them as enemies, or allies of the revolution. So what CCP did, the first thing after they took power um, in 1949, they had land reform because uh, China was overwhelmingly an agrarian society. So they mm -hmm. have to, they promised the poor peasants they're going to get the land from the, uh, from the rich. But that's not what they really wanted to do. They want to divide the peasantry, which was like 85 to 90% of the population. And then they have this new concept and class. They call it red class, black class. If you have land, you are black class. And then you are the enemy of the state. Not only the land were taken, they were attacked by the poor. And uh, about 2 million of landowners were executed and they are crime wealth. And that's what uh, the, uh, the, the way, that's how they divide uh, China. So the poor people were told, your poverty is not your fault. Sounds familiar, right? Mm -hmm. Your poverty is the fault of those who have money. And since then, the, uh, the, uh, the class as identity, that is Chinese new identity passed down to children 
and the children's children. Everyone know whether they belong to the red class or the black class. When I found out that my grandmother was uh, a black class, my war just ended. And because by definition, I'm also a black class kid. And so that's why when I see that uh, in America, they divide people, they mm -hmm. still use class like Bernie Sanders, and then they use race, and then they use gender, they use sexuality, that's the same thing. And I have to tell people, when you see history repeat, mm -hmm. it's not exact repeat. It's just like Mark Twain said, it rhymes. It does rhyme. It's just use whatever available to divide people. Why they want to divide people? Because they, they want to control all of us. When they set people uh, up against each other, it's much easier to control. Well, it's, it's also very scary because, you know, part of the quote unquote American dream is you can, you know, you can, you can go from, from being poor to, to, to rising up and, and being, and being, you can do anything you want. I mean, that is, that's part of the American spirit. That's part of the definition of the American dream. People can come here and, and can be, you know, can achieve a lot. And the freedoms that we have, not every country in the world, ha in the world has a bill of rights. I mean, that's, that's just no, a fact no. of life. So, you know, we, we, we hold up freedom of speech. We hold up uh, freedom of religion, freedom of assembly. So when people try to censor or um, buy people off to keep a certain narrative, you know, that's corrosive and it's coercive. Uh, and it's something that has to be acknowledged that we're, you know, for the times that we're living in. What is it that, I mean, you are, you are a reluctant activist because you, <laughs> you got into this just two years ago. Now you're on demand for speeches and lectures and interviews. And what was your epiphany? What was your, what was the catalyst that you said, yes. oh, I must speak up? Yeah, actually, after I came here, um, that was 1986, I truly believed that I left communism behind me and everything is over, the past will be the past. I'm now in the land of freedom and the freedom will just always be there. And I took it for granted. And so I just uh, pursued my American dream, getting a degree, you know, get a job and get married, buy a house and all that. And I was paying no attention to politics. Nothing can go wrong. This is America, right? Mm. Until later, I started to see signs, and the signs is uh, the signs can be political uh, correctness. And uh, at first, I thought, well, it's nice, you know, we should uh, be gentle and cause certain things uh, in, in, with euphemism, euphemism, right? And then I, I, I noticed that they demand that you. Uh, should say this and that, not that. And this is a kind of like cultural revolution that uh, we were demanded to only um, only believe one version of truth. And uh, the fact is determined by the CCP. And it gets worse and worse, but uh, it's I still did not lose sleep at night. You know, I, I worry and, uh, you know, I, I do get a little alarmed. But 2020. It's the turning point for me. 2020. And everything bubbled up to the top. And, and, and 
Yeah, it's no longer subtle. It's right there. It is absolutely no mistake. It is a full-blown Marxist revolution. And I said, I cannot no longer just sit, um, keep quiet and, 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 uh, and just pretend that it will go away. So it, that was the, uh, the year that I finally decided to do something. So um, and towards the end of 2020, I joined the uh, uh, Loudoun County Republic Committee and later Loudoun County Women's uh, Republic Women's Club. And from there, I, I met like-minded like people and uh, they send out emails and say, you know, school board meeting and sign up to speak. That's how I got involved. So that was that was your first step on the public stage. Yes. The, uh, and that's when you caught everybody's attention in the media. It certainly was the first time that I ever saw you. Yes. And you were telling the school board, this is just like the cultural revolution under Mao. Yes. You knew it firsthand. Yes. So when you were rejected from going to this to speak at this college by these, you know, these Catholic school student council, whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. uh, who had to vote, you know, they you were invited and they had to approve it and they rejected you. What is it? What does that tell you? Because you're, you know, I, I'm a I'm a voracious reader. I love history. I think that when you cancel the good, the bad, and the ugly of history, that it is it really, that's what terrorists do. That's what they did in Afghanistan. That's what they did in Iraq. That's what they did in the Balkans. I mean, I, I just, I do not believe in canceling any kind of history. Um, and I, I think that it's important for younger generations who, you know, get, they get their news off a clip Clinton and bait. Uh, they do. They don't really read as much as you know my generation does. But I, I would like to think that they would like to hear from somebody who lived under a Marcus, Marxist and communist society, and they can see the signs. So I want to give you the floor. I mean, what, 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 what was the message that they missed out on? Yeah, actually, I was not surprised because I've seen enough of cancellation of conservative on campus. And some become very violent and just took place last week in a uh, uh, university in Pittsburgh. You know, the Antifa got involved. And uh, so I was not surprised, but I was still very um, saddened that in a Christian school, you know, this is a Catholic university and uh, um, th they just can't, they can't, take someone who speak um, from another perspective because that break the bubble, the bubble of uh, diversity. And uh, later I got the uh, meeting minutes from the uh, uh, student government. They say, you know, we like to learn from the uh, uh, lived experience, but we need to find someone with lived experience, but not harmful views. And, and so, someone, so why do they think that, why would they think that your message would be harmful? You yeah, live underneath it, you can see the signs. And they say that I compare uh the woke um to the cultural revolution. And to them, that that was like a uh, how could you do that? This is America, and the other is a, a very a brutal revolution, of course. 
they don't have any idea of real uh, history. That is the real problem. And I believe all this that we have, the indoctrination of the kids, that they cannot uh, accept another uh, um, on the, and the viewpoint of, from the other side because they have been so indoctrinated and they never learned real history, either real history of America and uh, or the real history of the uh, communism. And so they have no idea. They could not... Uh, fathom that there is a similarity there. It's not just similarity. The parallels of this two cultural revolution is alarming and uh, terrifying. So, and then they also say that uh, um, I called BMM woke. And of course they have no idea. What you mean Black Lives Matter? Yeah. It is woke. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Not only woke, they are Marxist uh, organization. And then the uh, the founders Open admit they're trained Marxists, but these kids have lived in such bubble that they never, and, and I called that uh, um, um, environmental justice is woke. That also broke the bubble. There's no, this is also harmful. This is just absolutely not acceptable. So you can see when, when you see the, um, uh, the, the comments, you absolutely understand. I, I did a I did a story in 2020 on <clears throat> the infiltration of the Black Lives Matters demonstrators, mm -hmm. and the people who who uh, infiltrated them mm -hmm. are part are part of the leftover revolutionaries in the 1960s here in America. Bob Avakian, who's actually written a constitution to replace the U.S. Constitution, that sounds like some it's, it was 40 pages. And and it was amazing because it's it sounds like uh, Klaus Schwab at Davos. You know, you will be happy owning nothing. There's no private property. And they were out. They were demonstrating um, even before Black Lives Matters demonstrations in 2020. They were in Ferguson, Missouri, when they had the demonstrations in 2014. They were in Baltimore. They showed up in Minneapolis, and they were all over the country during 2020. And at the end of the day, when Biden and Trump had secured their nominations, they endorsed Biden for presidency out of, you know, yeah. the, the, the best of two evils in their minds is what they did. But I mean, these are people who do not like America. And these are leftover weathermen and SDS, you know, quote unquote, American revolutionaries from the 1960s. So a lot of these guys are in their late 70s, early 80s, if they're still alive. But and then they have a younger generation behind them. But no, there's an awful lot of students today who have absolutely no idea what's going on and they can't see it because they're not looking at history. And that, and that is to me. So, OK, when I grew up, I had no access of information other than what's uh, been fed to us. But here in America, it is, it's, to me, it's, it's amazing that the left was able to control the minds of the young people, that the information is a few clicks away, but they refuse to go there. They absolutely just stay in that little bubble. This is amazing. This is, I would say, this is a, a, a contribution of the uh, American Marxism to cultural Marxism. They, they just absolutely did such a job, a fantastic job of indoctrinate 
the kids. And, uh, and so they do not want to know the, uh, the uh, other information. Even if you fed them the uh, different source of information, they just refuse to look at it's, it. I, th I think it's also in the younger generation that they're, they're so addicted to social media and collecting likes and, mm -hmm. and being acknowledged that they, they don't understand the value of really finding out the facts and being able to, and I don't want to say courageously, but but in this day and age, it almost takes courage for somebody to say, hey, I disagree with you and this is why. Yeah. Because they might be rejected or attacked when for older generations, you know, we just we we just laugh at that. But we don't, you know, but it's it's it it it, it seems to be in a the younger generation, they're afraid. I think and so they get sucked into this fear. Instead yeah. of saying, no, you have a right to know. Yeah. I, I think this is uh, the conformity is now the, uh, the so pervasive. It's pretty much like China that I left. Okay. So we were from very young, we were told just shut up. Just don't speak, especially in public, especially with, uh, uh, with people you, 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 you don't trust. You can't trust anyone. Uh, so self-censor is absolutely uh, like in the DNA of the Chinese people. We think twice before we say anything, maybe three times. And we say we're not, we don't always say what we mean because the fear, because we know, we saw people being um, executed, jailed because they said the wrong thing. And now this is uh, in America. This is just absolutely so heartbroken for me. When I came here, I said, finally, oh, I don't have to think three times before I say anything. But now look at Americans. They do. They do think three times before they say anything. So now this created a situation that uh, um, you don't know who believe what. Because many of those who say they, they are progressive, some of them just say it because uh, that's how they fit in. Right. Well, so, they're 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 in fear. They're 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 yeah. in fear. So you created a culture that uh, people lie, because that's how they survive. You in in the company, you know, like where I uh, where I uh, worked, and I know that there's certain people I know because before I be, I was there for twenty some years. I know that they probably conservative, but then after twenty twenty. And you, you realize no one is speaking up. And the only voice you heard is the voice on the left. So, and even those, you don't know who is really for it or who just want to six, send out a, a virtual signaling and so that they're safe. They're safe for their career. They're safe for promotion. So this is really the situation. Now, we don't even know who is really for what. And, uh, and that's really sad because that's the, the world that I came from. Did, as, a, as a child in, in China and, and as a teenager, did, you, did people around you feel as if it was a reign of terror at that time? Um, actually, the, um, the worst was, uh, I think, it's, uh, 1966 until 19, probably 72. 
That was so bad that you absolutely will lose your life if you see something wrong. And uh, so when I, so I was still relatively small, but the culture is there. The culture is you just, you just don't speak your mind. But was there any joy? Was there any joy in the culture, or was it was it just a permeated stillness of you? You can't be yourself. Uh, that that's the same. Uh, how? What is joy? Um, the joy is that you know that uh, uh, there's a sadness, right? Then you you have joy. For us, I don't know. We just don't know any better. It's just the way of life, and it was a um, norm. It, it was accepted just a way of life. And so that's why I, I was thinking, um, you know, uh, when I was uh, uh, in the countryside, I got a band book from uh, uh, from someone whose father used to be a librarian. So he got some books before the whole books were burned and banned. One of them is the Third Reich, right? Right? Right. Third yeah. Reich. And I read it. Of course, I could not understand everything, but I did see the um, the uh, description of the crimes of the Nazi. You know what? I was so happy that I was in China, not in Nazi Germany, because mm -hmm. I thought, oh, lucky me. I live in a much better society. And that's when you don't know anything. The, the, I was, it, it was, the, we live in a society that was extremely oppressive. But when you don't know any better and you accept it as the norm, you think that's the way it is. So I must, I must ask you, do you have, do you have many friends here in America who went that you've gotten to know who have gone, who lived under the cultural revolution who are now here in America? Do you speak to them and talk about this? Of course well, well, I do. I do. And there are still some people who just don't talk about it. It's just something in the past, and they don't tell their children. And uh, um, but there are some who are very vocal, and especially those who family suffered a great deal. And I met someone um, here um, in my county, and who is a, a parent, but very actively involved in school board and all that. She told me her both her grandfather on both sides, uh, maternal and uh, parental uh, grandfather were beaten to death by the Red Guards, both. Mm. Why? Because they're professors. And those were the target, the initial targets of the Red Guards. Isn't that something for one family, both sides of his, uh, uh, both of uh, her grandfathers? It's horrifying. It's horrifying because it, it allows the state to take control of people's lives. I was, you know, today is the day that uh, President Biden announced for his his campaign for re-election and he made a statement about the children you mm -hmm. know and i thought to myself wow no children there's no, there's no such thing as somebody else's children and and you know that can be taken two ways but in this time it almost as if that they when he says that it, it it sounds as if they belong to the state and they yeah they do now you can see this uh, this indoctrinated kids who do they belong to they belong to the states. They listen to the states. And those are the people that uh, cut ties with the family, just like the Cultural Revolution. When you believe in follow the order of the state, you are the property of the state. And that's what we were told. Not even subtle. We were told we belong to the party. 
What do you what what do you have to say to 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 the younger generation? I have so much to 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 tell them, but the one thing I just want them to hear my story and learn a little bit of the cultural evolution. They thought they had this, they thought they are in something just so grand, some grand new ideas. They're going to change the society, right? That's what they were told. And all they need to do is just to listen to my story and learn a little bit history, a history of the <clears throat> cultural revolution, the history of communism, that great new idea was not new. It was not new. It was a, a idea that been tried, and every place it tried, it end up in human suffering and tragedy and death. So, what do you think could wake up or have a possibility of waking up um, people who are buying into this woke madness? Do you think do you think we have to hit rock bottom before we wake up? Did they have to do that in China? That will be too late. That will be really too late. When they learned it from their own experience, game is over, right? <laughs> um, so I do think that we just have to reach out. And that's why I never reject any interview, anything. If we can reach out to one more person, and this one more person might just influence a few more, including young people. And so because uh, the left worship lived experience, and here, it, here I am, I'm telling you all this, not because I read it somewhere, not because uh, I had a PhD on the history of uh, Chinese or the history of communism. I lived through it. I witnessed. I suffered. I witnessed the suffering of many, many people around me. So... I just hope that they pay attention before it's too late. Is your family still in China? Yeah, all of them are still in China. And what, how are they doing? Um, you know, I do worry. I do worry. I do worry that uh, I will negatively affect them um, for what I do here. Is you know, we we hear stories about that, and you've yeah. been here for so long. It's it's still possible that they could, if you speak out, that they that they may be harmed. That's that still is the name of the game. Communism never change. Extraordinary, absolutely extraordinary. How how we we hurt our fellow human beings, isn't it? Yeah. Yes and, yes, and 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 the question is, you know, why? Yeah, why? I do have. Uh, if there's any young listeners, I do want to uh, remind them: nothing end well with a communist revolution. The uh, the Red Guards who carried out a revolution for Mao, because Mao wants to use them to get power from his uh, political enemies. And uh, after their usefulness was over, guess what happened? They all sent to the countryside, exiled, and to do farm work under primitive condition, just like I did. Some stayed there for more than 10 years. By the time they come back, they missed education. They were unemployable. That's called the lost generation. And uh, 
they they were uh, have the same ending because a communist Marxist revolution never bring any improvement to to the society. Everyone became a victim. What are your thoughts about uh, when you hear about the CCP police stations here in the United States or the CCP buying up farmland in the United States through proxies, but at the end of the day, it's, it's their money. What's your feeling see, seeing that movement uh, you know, by the Chinese under Xi? Yeah. I, this is, uh, they are very aggressive, but they're communists, right? So you expect them to, to do uh, whatever they, uh, they were doing. When people ask me this question, I said, the problem is not the CCP. The problem is the traitors within that let them do whatever they're doing. Let the CCP do whatever. And then not only they let, they're all bought by the CCP. America will never destroyed by an enemy from outside. It's his enemy inside. And those are the politicians, the CEOs who are greedy and, uh, and, and there's just too many useful idiots and have no idea what we are facing. Shivam Fleets, thank you very much for sharing your story with us. You're invited back at any time. I, I, this is, I think people need to hear your voice more and more. And I think I, I would hope that some of your friends who are from China, who lived under the Cultural Revolution, can join us as well. I think it's a very important message for people to hear, especially younger uh, generation who have bought in that communism or Marxism is a, is a, is a gift because it's not. We know, we, you know, for, for those of us who have either traveled the world or covered a journalist or you know, lived abroad, <clears throat> or come from a different, you know, come from a, 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 a country that has experienced communism. I, I, I've never met too many people coming to Western world, to the Western civilization from communist countries, have dreams about going back. <laughs> That's just the fact of but life. But they have the freedom That's of right. going back, right? That's Once right. you're there, you have no freedom to do anything. Right, but they ne they never have any. There's no big desire to go back to that to oppression. Yeah, that's right. She, thank you very much, and and please come back anytime. Thank you so much.